0: The first synthesizer that I ever bought, rather <laughs> than a keyboard, the first synthesizer I ever bought, was from the keyboard player from Snap. Do you oh, Snap? oh, yeah. David Chen, album. 92,
1: 93. Loved. I had
0: that album. I had, to travel, I had to go into London to get it from him. But, yeah, I was after one particular keyboard and, um, yeah, I um, saw it for sale went around there and the guy had like freaking gold discs up on the wall and stuff and i was like
2: oh, you're a recording artist
0: and he's like yeah man i'm in a band, band called snap you know, you know like,
3: Did he answer okay. the door like that i got the keyboard i got the keyboard oh that's amazing
4: Hey, 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 fellas. Welcome to 1994. How are we doing?
1: Kia ora, David. Looking forward to this. Big yes. time.
3: Kia ora, David. I'm looking forward to this also. Yeah, very well. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs>
2: yes, 94. I'm very 94, excited about it.
4: 94, that's right. We've got Ian, Glenn, <sighs> myself. We're waiting and hoping and hoping and waiting that Martin will be joining us Live from the UK. Um, Palace. Yes. Well, what a big week it's been, eh boys?
1: Yeah. Um, Queen is dead.
4: Queen is dead. Long no. long may she rest in peace. And I do think she's had a good good run at it and she did a good job. So I'll leave it there. Yep.
1: Why did you pick 94, David? 94. 94.
4: I picked it because uh first year living away from home. That was a biggie how, how old are we 18? Oh, 18 18
3: uh-huh. all about 18 18 uh-huh.
4: going on six <laughs> sorry 10 more like a 10 year old boys sort of view of the world Woo-hoo! i'm free i'm out i got away i <laughs> need to then realize that everything costs money and
3: <clears throat> yeah five minute noodles four nights of the week isn't much dinner.
4: fun totally so <laughs> But the music was good, wasn't
3: it, boys? Oh, oh Stella. Stop it. It's so good. Oh, look, it was... I was
1: just about to say earlier that, um, you know what, if I had to have one year that I could choose, and that was the only year of music I could have, if I could have albums and music from that year, I'd probably be happy.
2: Mm.
4: You know, I'd agree. And what's interesting is I think we were probably listening to quite different things. And I, I, I still agree.
0: So.
4: I was I was going through my mm. doof doof phase, doof doof doof. Everything was dance, everything was techno, Rave's oh. rave, acid, acid. What do they call it? Acid jazz, acid trance. house, acid house, acid trance. Well, yeah, I, I, were, you I, dr- I, were you dropping acid? I wasn't dropping acid. I was, um, I was a good boy, for most mm. of 1994. I, um, I
1: would be surprised if you did.
4: I think I hung out up at your. About messy for some of it, I'm pretty sure.
1: Uh, no, see next year, next year. Next year. Mm-hmm.
4: So, um, yeah, 94, first year moving out of home. Was that the case for you, Ian?
3: Yeah, no, I think I moved out of home when I was 17. Yeah, you had moved up. Yeah. I was, yeah, I, I was actually. What was I doing? I was in Wellington. I was in Island Bay. And I had started my building apprenticeship on Tipapa Tongariwa. I
4: had indeed, I remember that.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Which was shit, incidentally. But anyway, I gave yeah.
1: it a Last.
2: I remember a while. going to
1: your place in Island Bay and um uh pretending that we were old enough to buy beers and yes. going back and listening to records at um at your place, um yeah, up in sorry. Island Bay in the sunshine. That was quite that was a lot of fun. I remember that. I yeah. remember that
3: that time. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah, I, I felt disconnected in many ways in 94, I think. It was yeah, quite a challenging time of life. In you a sort a, of weird you, kind you of You had a
4: you had a real job and you were probably mm. earning fucking truckloads compared to the poor student mates of yours. And I don't but I think mm. you were I I I remember hanging out with you one or two weekends and you were kind of like I kind of looked up to you because it was like, oh, this guy's got his shit together. He's got a job,
3: he's got <laughs> money, he's got a car. Mm. I was always that guy, and as I got older, I'm the one, the least, the one with the least amount of shit together.
1: <laughs> well, I don't agree with that at all. You've got a, uh, uh, a business and a music career. I mean, uh, that sounds pretty good. Nah,
3: it was it's interesting. It was interesting time, wasn't it? We were isn't it for anyone awkward, at the age of 18 times mm. interesting times i mean the music side of it i missed i missed a lot of it i was oblivious i was uh, getting busy doing stuff mm. Mm. yeah you know
1: well, it's on the reverse i was in a place right where I, it, I, oh totally absolutely mm. and yet looking at the list i missed out on so much um, but then again, you only had enough. There was no, there was no Spotify. No. Um, uh, no. So there was only enough. It was You couldn't buy every bloody record that came out. They were not cheap. Um, and, yeah, David was right. There was a lot of that duff duf doff music on Radio Massey when all I wanted to hear was some guitar music. But um, you had Wait. to pick the right shows for it. What
3: have we got? A God very save our gracious queen, Martin. King. King.
1: Oh. King Martin.
3: Here he is. Hello, fellas. How are we? Hey. Good. Hey, I went to the only... vet
1: today and asked, Do you reckon it would be inappropriate to name your dog King Charles the Spaniel the third? They thought it was hilarious.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. The artist, formerly known as Prince.
1: Yes, <laughs> oh, so many jokes there.
3: How's it going over in the UK, Martin? Morning
0: um, I'm very, very well, yeah um, Just got back from a week in Malta, which has been fantastic um, It's very, very hot um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, catching up with, with family over there, which has been been great um, People I haven't seen for, oof, some of them well over 30 years So it, it's wow. really cool some of them were babies the last time I saw them and now they're like, you know, got babies of their own, so it's been, it was um, it was really great, yeah, to catch don't up you, with everybody.
3: Don't you hate that? Oh. Yeah. Did you get any Maltese music while you were over there, mate?
0: Um, I, I, do you know what? I think Sweet Caroline has now been officially adopted oh. as the National Anthem because, oh. like, every single bar is playing Sweet Caroline. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm
1: still trapped in Neil Mania.
4: Oh, no.
0: You're oh, serious.
1: And, that yeah, was actually, and, yeah, that was 96. Uh, it, that was 96 what, for us, wasn't it, Green? Well, yes, it was. Um, what's the national snack of um, Malta? Um,
0: well, they oh. did this. Um, um, I don't know if you call it an official <laughs> snack, it's not the official snack of Malta, but um, they have this amazing uh pastry thing you can get called a pastizzi, and mm. it's uh, it's like phyllo pastry with like ricotta cheese in it.
2: Oh. Um,
0: there is also like a mushy pea one, but nobody likes that one. Uh, but, mm. but the ricotta cheese one, damn they're good. And and the drink is uh, what well, the beer is called Chisk, uh, which is really really good. And I've, I've sampled many of those over last week. And um, there's also a soft drink you can get called Kinney, which is an an, an acquired taste. It's like bitter orange kind of taste. Oh, um, do, but, um, you do look
3: like you look like you put a few pounds on, bro.
0: Yeah, that's the screen. It's just a camera. That's a camera. Um, Uh, That
3: that would be a fair comment,
0: definitely. Sounds like
3: those ricotta pasties, I'd be up for all that. All right, fellas. Okay,
4: I've got to rain this in, otherwise we'll never get on to (laughs) it. Jesus. Nice to see you, Martin. Good to have you on the show. Good to be here. 94. Just a quick summary. Do you know 94? 94 year uh, Justin Bieber was born. Enough said about oh. that. <laughs> and <laughs> Harry Styles is born. Oh my god! The Internet comes out in New Zealand. That's a story. Ninety-four. Ninety-four is when the internet. Fight. Did you know? In Ninety-four. We had in New Zealand around three hundred. Dot uh, co nz websites, and of those, I thought you were going to say three hundred computers. Three hundred. Oh no, no, we did more than that. We're probably at four hundred or so. But the um, the 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 company you might have heard, Amazon, is launched in ninety four, selling mm-hmm. online books by some dude called Jeff. Uh, GeoCities is a thing, it's a website that comes out that basically lets you build websites if you're not a geek, you can do it yourself. without having to code stuff on that. Um. Spam is first detected in the internet world, and internet cafes are a thing. Start popping up, so it's um, the
3: big. It'll never catch on. It'll they never don't ever catch on. on. Totally. Never.
4: <laughs> totally. Um, and and the, the cable that connects New Zealand to the rest of the world is not really a thing yet. Um, uh, well, is actually slowly becoming the thing because NASA apparently pulled the pin for satellite transmission to New Zealand. Bet you didn't know that, of internetness. Uh So, we're going to just uh, focus on the albums tonight, or the songs, I think, fellas, because there's so much good stuff out there. and we kind of This is exciting,
3: this is tonight, man, there's some good stuff. Yeah, focus on good,
4: the music, yeah. but we won't you forget. Who chose that. this one? We won't... Me. Oh, Me.
0: Of course. Me.
3: David, the genius, Chan.
4: I don't know, it just came out of nowhere, it was Friday, wasn't it? I kind of left it. I was spitballing all these ideas, and Glenn was rubbishing them. So I thought, well, what could I do? Yeah,
3: no, I don't think I rubbish them. Thurston never does that.
1: It's just too easy I no, to get put on like... other people's idea, and I and I wanted to maybe um, clarify some of the points because yeah. I wasn't quite sure. No,
4: no, all right. You can. You're in a you're in a clarifying type of mood. Whereas I just awesome. thought, that, okay, 94 seems to be a good year, because, you know, was that your first year of freedom, Martin? Did you move out of home around then?
0: Um, oof, I mean, yeah, it would have been about 94, 95, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just probably, had I started uni? Yeah. Yeah, would have just probably been my first year of uni,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah, big year for a lot of us. Um, so we're going to get into the albums and the songs. And I think I'll start with you, Ian, because you're looking quite. Me, good. you're looking like you're ready. No one else looks ready.
1: I'm just I thinking am, about. I've even got notes, David Chan. I'm David. just thinking. Shut oh, wait, up, Thirsty. So... Shut up, Thirsty. Me... So I'm just
4: Cobra thinking.
1: Waiting right
0: to spring. I think yeah.
4: we'll finish with Glenn if we've got time. Off you go, Ian.
3: Yeah, I, I only look like this because I'm thinking about those ricotta pasties. Damn it. Um. <clears throat> so. Uh, 1994, my first album of choice is, um, I'm going to say a name and you're all going to go, who? So I have chosen Lorena McKinnett. Ah,
1: The the last name rings a bell, but, um, I don't know the first.
3: Not, no relation to Paul McKinnett, the hypnotizing guy. No. No.
1: All right. (laughs)
3: So, yeah, well, that was a better response than what I thought I was going to get. This uh, Lorena McKinnett is a Canadian, Canadian, and uh, she is, Wikipedia describe her as folk music, and I think that's wrong. I think she's actually Celtic world music. So the album I chose is called Mask and Mirror. And this is her fifth studio album. And. Lorena McKinnitt is uh, she's a soprano singer. She's probably the closest thing I like would compare to maybe Kate Bushy, but better. And, um, <laughs> so the album mask, and Mi- <laughs> the album mask and mirror is really good. And I chose this album because. Uh, in, when I heard this, it, it had a real, uh, musical interest for me. So it's a quite a person, both choices are personal ones tonight. So, uh, I was getting into music. I was enjoying sounds and I heard this album and it's got a real heavy, she writes music when she, uh, places she goes to travel and explore and He's an incredible musician and singer. And this album's got a real eastern feel. So quite a lot of Moroccan style mm. music. So this is my first experience of probably modal things instead of scales. What does that what's the difference? Well
1: I've, I've heard it, but I don't know what they mean.
3: I suppose a mode is a scale is something that you would there's a bunch of notes you would take I mean I don't know if this is correct There's a bunch of notes you would take in a key of something right and a mode is this is is similar it's a bunch of notes but they work in different ways perhaps or they different flavors maybe is that a good way to describe it so the
0: way I kind of got it described as if you think of a scale, the, the the normal kind of scale that we listen to, a major scale, do re mi,
3: uh-huh. the, yeah.
0: the notes, each note has a set interval between it, a number of keys or a number of um, tones to get uh-huh. from one note to the next note, and that pattern stays the same for every single scale. So no matter uh-huh. what no- what note you start on, starting on a C, uh-huh. starting on an F, whatever, if you follow that pattern you'll always get a major scale. But with a mode, the idea is instead of starting on the first note of the scale, you f- you start on like the second note of the scale. And so the pattern shifts. And as a result, you get a different tonality to it, a different sound to it. Okay. So sometimes yeah. it sounds kind of major, sounds happy, and sometimes it sounds sad, and sometimes it's really ambiguous. But a lot of those, um, yeah, a lot of those kind of Arabic scales, they use one of those modes mm. And then distort it ever so slightly by moving like one note sort of like a, a mm. semitone or like half a note up or half a note down, so the yeah the, that what kind of gives it that distinctive kind of yeah eastern sort of sound, yeah
3: yeah that's that's bang on it's maybe like the western the western way to describe something eastern. <laughs> because I don't, because I don't think the Eastern people have all that sort of, maybe they do, but it's yeah, more cultural, yeah. right? Mm. So the, so this is, this is a flavor of music. So if you like music, that's different, um, it's got a lot of flavor to it. It's like a real nice meal. Uh, go and get yourself mask in the mirror by Lorena McKinnett. The first track track I've chosen which David's very kindly going to play is called
2: mm, 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 mm,
3: not like a Karacha. It's, um, Marrakesh night market. Okay. And then, uh, thanks Dave. And as you just heard, uh, what a tune, man! Amazing oh. percussion, amazing vocals, and this is this follows throughout the album. The second song I've chosen, which Dave's going to play shortly, is actually called "Khem Khem Khem Miss Khem Khem Bless you. Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure I said that right, but it's it, it means the two trees in Gaelic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kehmeslu, kehmeslu. Yeah. yeah. Go. That's the second song. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, like Dave Brent. It's a song. I you hope go. everybody wrote that down. <laughs> yeah. I'm really and, looking uh, forward to listening to those.
3: And yeah. as you've heard, that song has starts with some wonderful Yulian pipes, which she plays herself. And, What's a Yulian pipe? Hmm. That's a pipe that you play unlike a bagpipe, you don't blow into it you usual. Um, for the chanter, you guys oh. need, oh Jesus.
1: Well, look, seriously, but, I, I don't, I, it shows you how little I know about mm, from other cultures.
3: I, um, well, and, I know it's such a good year for all the rock stuff, but I want to, yeah. this was a really important yeah. album. It's a good evening album. Uh, you could put it on in the evening and I just think it's a, a 10 out of 10 album, she's got great vocals. You've never heard of her before. Go and buy this album. You'll probably buy a couple more,
1: I reckon. Fabulous. Nice. Thanks, Marina McKinnett. You're welcome. 10 out of 10. That's a huge, um, it's a huge result. It's a huge,
3: it's, well, it's a huge album. It's just, a, it's not really heard of in mm-hmm. pop music, no. um, but she was, she got a number one award for the Canadian, uh, folk, um, awards with that Mm -hmm. album so she's she's very well respected in this in the Celtic Celtic circles, you know? And because she's awesome. So go and have a listen to Lorena McKinnett, Mask and Mirror. You will not be disappointed.
4: Thanks Ian. Thanks. Let's cut across to Martin. What have you got for us mate?
1: Celtic or Celtic, what is it? Or doesn't it matter? Depends where you are. Oh, gosh, that makes it complicated.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I always thought it was
1: Celtic.
3: <laughs> He's in Tower.
1: Celtic. I thought it was Celtic. I I've was never Celtic. heard of Celtic. But, Celtic. But there's a football club Celtic in Celtic is um, a football
0: Scotland. club in Scotland.
1: It's about the same way, eh? It's
0: exactly the same way. But that's definitely Celtic.
3: Well, I've got but, you guys started tonight, eh?
0: Everything else is Celtic. <laughs> it's, it
3: was a
4: big year for no, Tech.
0: Celtic roots to uh, to 90s prog yeah so i, I chose this album uh. because i had to really it's um it, it was a it was my first uh first ever pink floyd album that i that i bought and it's oh. the, the, the uh division bell um
4: you always remember your first floyd
0: you do you uh. do uh and it's actually um uh, it was actually a teacher at school that recommended it to me <laughs> since I one of the RE teachers or something, is that, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, yeah, um, do you know what? It's it, uh, it's gonna be a bit controversial, but it's actually my favorite Floyd album. No,
5: oh. the
0: one I listen to the most.
5: Ooh, yes,
3: seriously, still. Hiss, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? why would guy. you boo it? No, it's yeah, a good album, I, you can't stand it. Eh?
0: I, it's a cool album, and um, one of the reasons I, I, I kind of relevant right now for me as well as it was actually recorded about three miles away from where i where i'm actually my
1: my parents oh, live right. the story is um, just down the road is
0: it it is yeah so um talking to my parents today we might actually be going to hampton court tomorrow so i might do a little bit of a story of spotting see if i can find
1: mm. it i think that would be very cool
0: yeah um, so um yeah so the story by the way is a houseboat uh, which is Moored on the River Thames, uh, which um, Dave Gilmore um, basically commandeered sometime in the 80s, I think, and now um, is, is uh, a recording studio and probably has a bowling alley out the back and stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, as an album, um, it's kind of an interesting Pink Floyd album because it's it kind of like, for me, it's like a different era of very much so obviously from the Roger stuff, but also I think it transitions quite well from my, the previous album, which was "Momentary Lapse of Reason as well. Um, it's quite a mellow album. I find it, it's, it's almost sort of ambient in, in a lot of it. And, and I know that um, the keyboard player, Richard Wright had quite a big hand in this album, which he hadn't mm. unlike the previous couple due to like, the fact that he, at that point, he wasn't like an official member of the band. He was, or wasn't
2: mm-hmm.
0: contractually a member of the band, I think it was. And there was, he wasn't very happy about the whole situation, but he kind of got into these sessions quite heavily, I think. Um, and there is, um, as I understand it, there is like a one hour session that they recorded, which was basically just him and very, very ambient, which they used on the album that came out a couple of years ago, the Endless River one where they kind of chopped up all the, all the outtakes from the Division Bell album and kind of lumped them in on this um, and I, I love the keyboard parts on this album it is very atmospheric and very kind of ambient um, but there's a lot of little heart backs to like some of the the previous ones as well um, um, yeah so the, the first track I've chosen is is probably my favorite track on the album it's called Take It Back so um, we'll play a bit of that now I think so let's take it back um, I love the guitar work on that you know that's as that's, Gilmore that's as it gets as far as I'm concerned in terms of the guitar sound love it um, the album's very much an, an album about communication it's about you know if we actually sat down and talked to each other we'd probably solve most of the world's problems which most of us do when we're down the pub you know um, so I think um, it, it's still relevant in terms of as a theme now when, when we kind of listen to, probably more so now, actually. I think we kind of lost the art of communication quite quite a lot in a, a lot of things, with the interwebs and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, uh, uh, there's some brilliant, brilliant musicians on this album. Guy Pratt, who, mm. um, you know, we, I know a couple of the guys here listen to the um, Rock, on, Rock on Tours uh, podcast, which he hosts. A um, uh, brilliant, brilliant bass player. Um, brought a lot of groove to this album as well. I think he, he was quite influential on this album when you listen to it. Um, definitely, um, as I say, has a laid-back kind of feel to it. Um, there's a couple of tracks um, that actually bring through um, like past members of the band that, that, that have worked with Floyd in the past as well. I think Dick Parry, the saxophonist, is on it. And I think it was the first time he'd worked with Floyd for over like 20 years. Um, he was the guy that did... Um, the sax solo money and you know that roaring growly saxo which is brilliant um and I, I can't know which one it is um
3: i think dave gilmore's vocal, dave gilmore's voice i've not heard the whole album but definitely keep talking and high hopes his vocally he's bang on the money in that year right 94 mm, agreed. sounds agreed. great in that album yeah,
1: yeah. For me, take it
3: back brilliant for mm. me
1: that's a very confident album Mm. Of a band that actually felt comfortable again in itself after the tribulations of the '80s. Yeah, yeah. for me, it felt a very much of a band album. That, and remarkably, it doesn't try to be anything in fashion of the time. You know, like some bands older acts tried to be. You know, in fashion, even Momentary Lapse a reason you could argue is very much of that type. But this isn't. It's just like any other Floyd album. It just sort of fits and it's them as opposed to trying to be anything else that it isn't um yeah absolutely
0: yeah i think um, one of the other things with this album is i guess it was slightly controversial at the time was the fact that gilmore kind of wrote most of the lyrics with his partner or i think it was about six of the six of the songs Mm -hmm. in the album yeah um and um you know he got a lot of stick for that at the time i think but you know Bob Ezrin, who, who kind of produced the album, he wasn't very keen on on the idea at the time. But in hindsight, has basically said, you know, that she actually kind of really brought this album together um, and was like quite integral to it in terms of um, getting that idea of the theme or the overall kind of concept for the album kind of to come together. Um, and I know she she was also helping Gilmore as well because he, I think he had quite a messy divorce before that and, and ended up with a quite a bad cocaine addiction. And she kind of helped him recover from mm-hmm. that. And, and I think, you know, that encouragement really got got him to get to the point where he could kind of come back into the studio and record again. So yeah, you know, props to
1: her.
3: Um, Behind every great man.
1: Yeah. And let's be fair. A he's, he's always admitted. He's not a lyricist. Mm. Um, he does his, um, he, and his music comes out through through other ways, you know, like the guitar work. It's very emotive, Um and yeah, I don't think he was naturally. He, I don't think.
5: I know that feeling.
1: Thrust into the the role of frontman, I don't think that was a something that naturally came to him. Um
0: Yeah, there was a good documentary that came out a couple of years ago about him, and he um, and mm. he was kind of they showed some kind of behind the scenes stuff of him kind of prepping or, or getting ready for that album and he you know he, he put in like a guide vocal and, and what I don't know people know that but like a guide vocal is when you just kind of like hum or whistle or, or oh, no. do bars or make up gibberish words to kind of fill in the spaces where the lyrics will be so he kind of had the the rhythm down and, and where the, the words would be and then would send would pass that over to his partner and she would kind of actually Fit the words to what he'd actually kind of wow. done, the noises that he'd kind of made.
1: So I'll tell you what: if you know somebody who's good at writing words, you're going to latch on, especially if it helps speak what you can't say. I mean, why right. not? Um, yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it was a successful album. I think it sold sort of like four million in the UK at the time, and you know they went on to do the this huge, huge world tour. Which I think was like one of the biggest grossing tours of all time at that that point um, um yeah it, it, for me as i say it, it's my favorite floyd album i love the other albums don't get me wrong but this one yeah, it's a special one for me so nice. there you go pink floyd division bill nice.
4: awesome thank you glenn over to you
1: um my wife um said that i've cheated this week um and that i've copped out completely um, because I couldn't choose an album because there are too many that I like. Um, so, um, upon uh, approval, I chose a selection of songs um, from some of my faves from that year. Um, that mean a lot to me over the years, or meant a lot. Um, that so is a bit one. of a cop out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she, she's she's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, look, I can understand listeners, but I I couldn't do it. too hard anyway let's move on um the first one that i've picked is a song called black hole sun um by soundgarden from their album super unknown um and david's gonna play a bit of it now Black Hole Sun, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard that before, Hard Not To in some ways, if you... Great tune. It is, isn't it? Um, yes. For me, Great album. Great album. Yeah. Um, for me, initially when I first heard the song, I thought, oh, that sounds like Nirvana, but then I listened again mm. and went, actually, it's not, it's way too sophisticated for them. Oh, yeah, Nirvana yeah. were quite punky in comparison, but... Yeah. Who had that bloody, enormous voice, and it was Chris Cornell, one of the, probably one of the greatest vocalists I've ever heard, seen. I think he's just amazeballs, eh? Um, And I remember staying up late to request that song on the radio and then waiting for it to come <laughs> along and, because they said, oh, we'll be playing some requests between 11 and 12. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah. And I went to go get the CD single, and then it was sold out. So I thought, oh, I'll just buy the whole album. And... Um, the whole album is about 80 minutes long just because CDs allowed that album concept to get big. And in hindsight, the album is far too big. It's absolutely monstrous. Um, and it's a mix of metal, grunge, and psychedelic sort of all sort of mashed together. So it was quite an un... I hadn't heard anything like that from before. It was a lot harder hmm. than a lot of the album. music. Not a lot harder than I was used to listening to. Mm-hmm. um after sort of seventies sort of rock and stuff. Um but yeah absolutely adore the record. Um and Black Hole Sun is just an exceptional track. Kim Thales guitar, you know, beaming in from almost like out of space, twist of video lyrics that I don't really understand percent still understand now. Um but it's it I don't know it's just something magic about it right from that first Opening a eh? um, oh, chorus um,
3: pedals, lots of chorus pedals.
1: Yeah, Oh, pedal board was just chorus pedals. Chorus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then they had a D tuning, I think, on it for which gave it a different sort of sound. Oh,
3: and, clever uh,
1: bastards! I know, but there was just all this mix in there. Um, but the couple of times I've seen it l- played live, it was just Chris playing it with his um strap um or an acoustic playing it and it still still mm. raised the ears on your arms um what a song um uh, and um yeah what an amazing record and it just sort of blew the brain not that blew the brain mind blowing and it sort of just opened the door for more of that sort of alternative stuff I love the mix in it, so yeah, probably Ian. Um, way too long these days. Um, but maybe listen to it in two parts. Um, I would recommend it. Eh? The next one is called Glory Box, and that's by Portishead um, from an album called Dummy. Um, who's heard of Portishead or listened to Portishead out of U3? Yeah,
3: heard, heard of the name, not heard, of heard any of the music.
1: All yeah, right, we well, this this album here, Mercury Prize winner. Um, I would say goes down as one of probably, if not, oh, geez, I just love it. It's just so, so damn good. Again, I didn't find out about the album until, um, 96 or some time after, but, um, what an impact it's made. Um, for me, it, it's a really interesting blend of different genres all sort of mashed together with sad as lyrics and, um, an amazing singer in the name of Beth um, Gibbons. Um, the music sort of has got lots of samples, sort of old school, sort of almost sort of James Bondish sort of samples that sort of come through it. Um, Hip hop beats galore, you know, it, there is instruments in it as well. So actual playing. Um, and there's also kind of a bluesy sort of sound to it. But I mean, I could be wrong there, but for me I sort of picked that up in a couple of the songs Um, and Glory Box was um, along with Sour Times with the singles from it Um, what's the album? it's called Dummy Uh, and so we'll play um, Glory Box now smooth groovy amazing damn good it is it's that good um and probably one of the best shows i've ever been to um was um porter at the town hall in wellington just exceptional um yeah came away from that going oh my what have i just seen that was super super special Um, where
4: are they they from mate where are they uh Bristol. bristol
1: bristol yeah that's right um so I mean all that whole thing about trip hop came out around that time and I think you mentioned it earlier David there was a lot of blending of um genres um and certainly this sort of is one but it sort of created something new um Martin you you you've heard it quite a bit obviously
0: Yeah yeah um yeah it, it, there were a few bands from that kind of genre and again it wasn't really my thing but i really liked that album i really like the massive attack stuff that came out mm-hmm. as well
1: protection came out that year too yeah
0: yeah um yeah. it was it was kind of almost lounge and it was like it was definitely something you know you put on the end of the evening rather than you didn't want to put that on at the start of the party oh,
1: okay. <laughs> no definitely not and, um
0: but... yeah really good really cool yeah. chill out um kind of grooves um
1: but an edge, but there's, an edge there's an there, edge yeah. to it, there's an edge to it, there's an edge to it, there's sort of a dangerous sort of vibey edge to it, which, oh, just lifts it. Well, they're it almost
3: me. just about swinging into R&B, but no, nah, bring it back, lounge, oh, there, R&B, nah, bring it back.
1: But there's an, there's <laughs> a, an, 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 what's the word, uncertain edge to it, which oh, just makes it so addictive. Nice. Yeah, five stars or 10 out of 10 for me, that one.
3: Beautiful. Rough. I've just put it on my Spotify list tomorrow.
1: Damn, man. you Well, I don't think you'll be disappointed, but... Cool. Yeah. All right. Over to you, David Chan.
4: Right. So, I went through quite a bit of turmoil trying to land on that, <laughs> one, just like you, Glenn. You different, different reasons, mate. I put my 18-year-old hat on and thought back to those days, what was I listening to? So I had a CD, Discman. Remember those? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I've still got the CDs, don't have the Discman. Uh, (laughs) I was listening to um, quite a bit of hip-hop and quite a bit of uh, dance music. So Warren G was um, Mm -hmm. one of my CDs of the of the time. And I remember having that on um, repeat and Ooh. know all the songs quite well. Uh, and then into the trance stuff like Jam and Spoon had an album out. tripomatic Fairy Tales came out, I think late 93, early 94. Um, and that's pretty um, out there. There was one um, song right in the night, which was, I guess, the commercial track that kind of, you know, sold the album, but there was a lot of, Instrumental trance stuff, six, seven, eight minute long songs, twelve minute oh. song on there. That um, uh pretty cool. But eight, my eighteen year old self loved. My middle aged self struggles a bit. <laughs> I'll be mate. I'll be you were
3: so you were so into that. You've always been. I know. Oh. Do you? I know. Can I ask a question? Do you like check any of the modern dance trance psy trance? You, do you dabble a bit with nah. any of that stuff now, or nah. not? Nah, just nah. the Beatles. Just the Beatles. Kate Bush. <laughs> just, just just the Beatles
4: extended twelve-inch mix with some acid jazz uh, in the uh, background and I'll tell you. looped with um Kate Bush and Tori, uh, Tori Amos.
1: I'll tell you what we need. We need our um our man in uh, Melbourne to join us because oh, I'm yeah. damn sure he'd be able to talk a lot about how. I don't know. Imagine what his thoughts on '94 were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll need we'll need to get um Dom back again. Yeah, shout out to Dom.
4: Be a good be a good um session because uh a lot of the stuff. I mean that was that was that was really peak peak dance peak trance. You had Real McCoy, Two Unlimited. all these bands coming up. A lot of oh, German bands. German damn. bands really come into the forefront with um <laughs> no, i'm cringing when you say that 24 7 oh, if... you would have been into them man. too unlimited my
0: uh, the first synthesizer that i ever bought rather mm-hmm. than a keyboard the first synthesizer i ever bought was from the keyboard player from snap david chan
4: album.
1: 92 93 <laughs> i loved. had that
4: album oh cnc music
1: Factory. he's got the power isn't it the power yeah Yeah, man
4: but anyway anyway Uh i I digress because i actually
1: bought it
0: from that guy
4: yeah Yeah. really what really his keyboard
0: yes (laughs) yeah he was i had to i had to go into london to get it from him but yeah i was after one particular keyboard and um yeah um saw it for sale went around there and the guy had like freaking gold discs up on the wall and stuff. And I was like, oh, you're a recording artist. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm in a band, band called Snap. You know, you know, that.
3: Like, <laughs> like, he answer oh, the okay. door like that. <laughs> <laughs> I got the keyboard. <laughs> 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 I got
1: you know. the
3: keyboard.
2: Oh, that's amazing.
1: Did you oh, ask cool. him about some of how, how they made them or you just in there to a sale?
0: literally did a sale got
1: out oh. <laughs> and what, what happened protecting. to the keyboard mate
0: um do you know why? i think i sold it to a, a friend of mine when i when i moved over here because i couldn't bring it with me I, I i literally like i had to do a cold so there was quite a few bits of like music gear that i sold off and like you know quite a lot of like my personal stuff really i sold off in order to move over to new zealand um, so that
1: somewhere out there some friend or connection to your friend. Yeah. He's got I don't the think he even knows that. that. <laughs> He's Sorry. got the keyboard that made the da da net 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 I
0: didn't say it was that keyboard. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> well the <laughs> well, value just well, goes well, up um, and we, hey, hey, Craig
0: so... if, Craig if you still got it like you know like on eBay you could buy yourself a few quid. At least no. a
4: right there. Jeez Mark yeah, man. you need to learn a thing or two Craig I'll buy it back for you for twenty quid mate.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Craig,
3: I got the power.
4: <laughs> okay, fellas, oh, I'm actually meant fabulous. to be reviewing an album here and I'm gonna do that. So I have gone I have gone for the cranberries.
1: Oh fabulous. That's one of my oh, wife's all-time babes.
4: Which Good. is an Man. album that came out in '94 that um I didn't know much about them, but I knew Zombie. And who doesn't know Zombie, right? Because that was the tune they must have had it on repeat at the Hunter's Bar at Vic Uni's pub, student pub. Um, every Friday night and we go down there and they'd have Zombie blaring out. And I was like, who is this? Great song. Um, Didn't buy the album at the time. Um, Obviously have since bought the album and just love it to bits. It's
1: phenomenal. And it still still holds up. And yet Zombie is the only track on there that sounds like that. Totally. Totally. There's a lot of
4: ballads. Um, My favorite tunes on this, um, I do like Ode to Family. Um, That's the first track, Ode to My Family but um, 21, which is the third track on the first side and everything I said. Um, I can't play all of them. So I think I'll just play those two, 21. Yeah, guys. Yeah, that's good.
3: It wasn't quite as good as 22, but it's all right. 21. And (laughs) it was between 20 and 22.
4: And everything (laughs) I said. both of them lush sort of slower tracks uh not not yeah. nearly as in your face as zombie um, Damn, amazing yeah. voice uh yeah. if you heard some of her um acoustic stuff ian she just kills it right she's so oh. so good and so on point with her with with her voice um yeah it's today. been a love affair
3: of many years mate but
4: yeah yeah it was
3: she never really, she
1: never really knew about me <laughs> no and probably for the best
4: I haven't even told you the name
1: of the album. <laughs> Who can remember what this one's called? Oh, no need to argue, is Ed, that right? Spot on, mate. Well done. Ten yep. points coming. I your remember way. being quite disappointed when I did listen to it on a tape. Oh, um, okay. Because I was hoping for more zombie. Oh. And it was like, oh, this is all quite not zombie. And it's, at Ian the time, just... I was and I was listening to things like um, you know um, Soundgarden at the time, so I was like, ah. Oh, Not really in the mood so yeah it was one of those things that i found out a little bit later but and then i worked out that with the same band that did the linger song Mm. which i really really like from the year before
4: yeah that was in their first album this is their second studio album uh the commercially the most successful uh in terms of critically it's also very successful um they were right at their peak peak cranberries um yeah if you haven't got got a big pit
3: I've got a big picture of her on my barber shop wall and she's standing there with a the guitar on and she's got her arms up. She they she was just a bit of a legend, right? Yeah. Totally.
1: You see I think playing they big, all were. Bigger...
3: Even the band were kind of underrated, were they? I mean, they were pretty good pretty good songwriters, man. She passed away when she passed away, five, six years ago, something like that.
1: A couple of years ago, yeah, it wasn't a long way. Yeah. Favourite Cranberry song? Linger martin yeah
4: i go linger
0: as well
3: dave
4: ode to my family
3: i'd say dreams
1: dreams oh nice choice yeah yep yep good groove Loving. it
4: (laughs) all right so back around back around the clock we must be cutting over to martin now round two
0: okay round two yeah um Yeah, yeah, gonna have to excuse me because it's another prog album this week. Um, uh, (laughs) Oh, good. But for me, there was a couple of albums that came out in '94 and uh, and that were like huge for me musically, just influentially as well. And this this next one for me was a massive influence on me, and it completely changed my music direction for a while as well. Nice. Um, So this is a it's a Dream Theater one, um, and it's called Awake. Is the name of the album. it was their third album. Um, the previous one, um, surprisingly, even to the band, they had a hit. <laughs> it was a song called Pull Me Under, which is like, it's quite an epic. It's like a good nine, ten minutes long. But MTV picked up on it um, and it started getting a lot of rotation on MTV. Um, and it was, in fairness, it's probably the only hit they've ever had. And in fact, they released a the greatest hits album and they called it greatest hit and 21 other cool songs Uh, (laughs) um, but the and i I love that album as well but this one for me uh sonically um it's like a kick in the nuts it's such an impactful (laughs) album it's huge it just hits you hard um it's quite a heavy album it's quite a metal album um very much a progressive metal album Mm. um and I just think the production on it as well. I don't think, you know, they've, they're they a very prolific band. They've probably done 25, 30 album, studio albums now, but over the course of their career. But this one for me, yeah, it's still my, my go-to one, my go-to album. Um, the very first track starts with um, this um, like panned drum roll across the toms, um, and it goes from one side to the other. Uh, and, and the track's called six o'clock Now it starts off a bit weird there's some weird leprechaun voices and stuff going on at the start of it so <laughs> you'll need to forgive that but once the track kicks in and once you get to the chorus it's got a real great hook to it it's a very catchy chorus as well um so this is called six o'clock so let's have a little listen to this was gonna go um it it does um you know there's a couple of of, of sort of ballad songs on there as well um it's it's quite a yeah it's quite diverse for that kind of period you know i think they were feeling a little bit more settled down as a band from the previous couple of albums um it's um yeah as i say it's quite a heavy album um there's kind of like a i wouldn't call it a concept piece but there's like three tracks in the middle that are kind of interconnected um there's a brilliant brilliant um guitar uh track called um erotomania um so erotomania if you don't know what that is that that's when you believe that somebody else is in love with you
3: <laughs> <laughs> illusion, right? um, like me like me and dolores
0: yeah yeah um so this album as well i saw them on on the tour for this album in London, um, and it—it um, it was the concert that I credit for partially me losing the hearing in my left ear. I think so, <laughs> so, and probably because of the first chord of this track. So we might just play like the intro section to Erotomania now as well, if we can, and, and just have a listen to this first chord. There you go. So that will kind of, uh, yeah. Oh, yes, what absolutely. a
3: chord. What oh, a, a chord. Yeah. what a lovely
0: chord! Yeah. What was that uh, chord? Do
1: you reckon that is? Oh. Um,
0: it's a uh, F# minor, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's <up.
3: laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I'd say there's got to be augmented somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, it's probably about 15 chords actually, all just stacked <laughs> on top of each other the the guy plays. Um, yeah, it it it's it, it's got some really cool, um instrumentally, I mean, it's uh, on another level. Um, But I think um, there's some cool thematic stuff going on in this album as well, which they kind of lost a little bit. And I I always feel now, when I listen to like the newer stuff, that they're trying to hop back to this a bit. I know it's what the fans want when, when you go into like any of the chats and stuff online. They all kind of like reference back to the this album and the previous album, images and words, and say, well, oh, that was like the Nadir." You know, they never quite got back to that. Although, you mm. know, they, they've done some very strong albums since. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. As I say, for me, I'd never been. Although I'd kind of brushed, you know, got into a bit of Metallica and you know bits of Iron Maiden and stuff like that. I'd never gone full metal, and I, I don't think I. Well, actually i did see metallica live in like 92 so that would have been my first metal gig but this was like my first small metal gig which is different do you know what i mean it's like it, it hits you a lot harder when you listen to it when you're in like a smaller venue and um rather than like you know a barn or one of those kind of places or shed like wembley arena um so um yeah i, I just remember being blown away seeing it live um and you know them being them you know they played it note for note perfect the entire album and you know did a three and a half hour set or something stupid which they're kind of famous for doing um yeah um but uh yeah i think it it kind of opened my eyes to what was kind of actually possible in, in a lot of within that genre um certainly in terms of the musical side of it like how far you could actually go with this you know i'd never really heard keyboards in metal before that you know i think aussie had kind of dabbled a bit and like no more tears and stuff like that but it, it always kind of mm-hmm. like a vacuum thing and suddenly it was being used as like a lead instrument you know and actually dueling with, with the guitar mm-hmm. player and you know that interaction i had never kind of heard that before and then- even their
3: time signatures when you think of like metallica and Megadeth and stuff, you drink that are really, they're way more advanced than that.
0: Oh, you know, it, it, it's unusual for them to have a song where, where you stay in the same time. Like yeah, one totally. Four at a time. Yeah. Like every, you know, it, it's constantly changing, you know, mm-hmm. they just evolved, but they, they just have it down. You know, that they're, 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 they're so good as, as a group of musicians, but the musicianship is such a high level. Oh. That they make it kind of effortless, but, and you don't really kind of, Take it on board until you kind of like, you know, if, if you went and looked at the sheet music for it, you're like, oh my God, you know, this is. <laughs> oh, if, there, if there was a job <laughs> advert
3: for like the drummer for Dream Theater, I oh you just wouldn't go for it. You'd be yeah. like, nah. <laughs> exactly. I'll just yeah. go for the the Beatles tribute band.
0: Yeah. done, actually. <laughs> he did actually do a <laughs> tribute band. So there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if you've got any kind of interest in like heavy or or you know progressive music, um this is one I would definitely kind of recommend to go and have a listen to and you know loosen up the feelings a little
1: bit. Um it's, so, it's interesting that prog went metal, didn't it? They were so naturally similar. And yeah, you know and so many uh these yeah. prog bands. Or then there's the other type of prog, which is sort of stoner of rock. I suppose i think Dream Theater the really do the it same. so
3: well that's the thing they mm. do it they integrate it real well so yeah. it's almost and I think becomes their own as well maybe? they
0: crossed over at the point where like you know metal was still mm. you know we're still riding that Metallica wave. yeah yeah to, to a point and um it was kind of um you know guns roses was still huge at that point i guess mm. um although getting into the flabby stage the fat eldest stage of their career um Mm. Know, so, um, yeah an interesting one and i think you know as you say like there wasn't many bands kind of doing that stuff at the time it certainly wasn't mm-hmm. fashionable it wasn't fashionable then it's not fashionable now really
1: but i don't think it's ever been fashionable well
0: yeah you yeah. know
1: yeah and, and but, uh, you and know it, again, it
0: opened my eyes to a lot of like older prog as well so that's where i kind of got yeah. into things like yes and rush i would never heard rush until you know and, and they were a huge influence on dream theater so yeah um it's um yeah it, it's still you know yeah the uh, one of those go to albums for me i love it love it today so yeah awake um, well worth a check out yeah.
3: mm, good
4: right must be over to you now ian
3: yeah okay i'll do my uh second album for 1994 it, again a, a lot like martin i think i was pretty influential at that time listening to things that were giving me a bit of a music Thrill or a kick, <clears throat> and um, and I remember driving to Topor with my big brother on a holiday, and we had the radio on, and on came a song. I was like, it's a blues song the radio's playing some blues. <laughs> oh, what? Eric Clapton. Hit this uh I chose his 386 studio album. <laughs> um <laughs> for that maybe not quite. <laughs> It's called From the Cradle and uh it's such a great album. And I think it's just, a, it was just one of those times and moments where I was hanging out, you guys all know, I love blues. I oh. am a big blues fan and I was just hanging out for some blues. Cause you don't get it on the radio and it came on tore down as a song tore down, I'm almost level with the ground. And, uh, I was, I just remember turning the volume knob right up in his in his cordia shaking the doors and uh i was stoked that was me i was just happy and i went and bought the album and uh yeah and it's just a great album it's clapton doing what he does best ripping off other blues artists (laughs) and yeah. I mean the the album's I don't think he wrote anything on it. I'll just have a little flick here. Uh no, they're pretty much all cover songs to be honest.
1: Um But and to be fair, he's not the greatest songwriter in the world, eh?
3: No. Well, well I like some of his cream stuff.
1: Pretty, oh yeah, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, cream's at a different level than that.
3: Yeah. But his blues, he just you know, he he rips people off and but he does it really tastefully and he does a good job of it so as a 18 year old i was you know like a pig in shit, and i thought this is great and um i bought the album it's 16 tracks uh the first song i'm going to get you to play david um i'm going to go for hmm there's so many good ones on there but let's go for track number one blues before sunrise a nice old shuffle <laughs> And that's a, uh, song that was written by Elmore James yeah. and, uh, it just brings you into the album with high hopes, good vibes, you know, good grooves. And the album goes through like that. Uh, he does cover some BB King. He does, oh man, some Tampa red, some Freddie King. Oh, Otis, Otis rush. In fact, the second song which I'm going to choose, uh, it's the last song on the album. And it sums up how I was feeling at the age of 18. It really captures, uh, the frustration I had at not hearing blues. And it's called, ah, funny enough, it's called groaning the blues, (laughs) Uh, written by, yeah, written by Otis rush and, Dave's going to play that now. and it's man, it's slow and he's ah man when you're feeling like you're in a hard place if you crank that up and just shut your eyes and let the blues into you it is that's where you need to be taken so from the cradle is the album Apparently the album had no overdubs. So I've just been reading on Wikipedia. So they just did it in one take. Boom. That's
2: awesome.
3: awesome. In the album, off you go. I've got a feeling uh, Mr. Pratt might have been involved in there. Your man, Guy Pratt might have done one. Huh. Uh, yeah, all his. there's about eight musicians on there. They're all outstanding. Clapton's outstanding with his guitar work in 94. Did Phil
0: drum on that one?
3: Phil Phil Collins. Oh, so no, let's have a look, mate. It's Jim Kit Ke- Keltner. Oh Jim oh, Keltner. Oh man.
1: Okay. Yeah. Whoever that is. Yeah. He's a wizard. Superb. Yeah.
3: But uh, I mean all of, yeah, it's just a man. It's a great blues album. If you don't own a blues album and you don't really like blues and you're going to go and buy one blues album, go and buy from the cradle. Hmm. It's a great album. It's like, you're welcome.
0: It's like the coffee book
3: blues album, is it? <laughs> 100%. It's got the shuffle. It's got the acoustic bit. It's got the slow bit. It's got the My woman left me. All mm. that stuff on it.
1: Beautiful. Brilliant. Great storytelling and the blues too. Uh...
3: Oh, and he does it so well, you know, for a little white dude. Yeah. Gotta say it. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: All right. Good
1: stuff. Welcome. Think. Mr. Thurston, back to you. Um, I'm going to pick up on that storytelling theme. Um, and it's an album, I think it sort of discovered uh, probably not that long ago, actually, when after I was watching sort of the history of hip hop and rap, um, which is way outside of my normal comfort zone, as you guys well know. Um, and this one's called, the song's called The World Is Yours. By Ness, um from Ilmatic. And Dave's going to play some The World Is Yours Now. It's
5: yours. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is mine. It's mine. mine. Whose world is mine. my cipher complete. Weather cruising in a six cab. A Montero Jeep. I can't call it. The beats make me falling asleep. I keep falling, but never falling six feet deep. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say I'm out for dead presidents to represent me. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. Whose world Minus, 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 minus world is this? The world- is yours, the
6: world
5: is yours. To my man ill will, God bless your life. To my peoples throughout Queens, God bless your life. I trip, we box of crazy bitches, aiming guns and all my baby pictures. People housing police, release scriptures, that's maybe Hitler's. Yet I'm the male money getting stabbed, rolling foul. The versatile honey sticking wild golden chow, dwelling in the rotten apple. You get tackled, a caught by the devil's lasso, shit is a hassle. There's no days for broke days, we selling smoke pays while all the old folks pray, the hate. Soaking these sins and trays, a holy water, odds against nods. to sort of the word best is my life. To name my daughter to to my strength My son is star will be my resurrection. Born a correction, all the wrong shit I did, He'll lead in the right direction. How you live in large approach, charge cards are mediocre. You flipping coca playing fits all right.
1: Um so nest um not it's about seventeen, eighteen when this was Well it made. Um and what I liked about it it was that it was a New York um uh, rap artist um, again sort of just talking you know rappers sort of that sort of follow on a little bit from um, from blues um, it's storytelling um, and this is very Ill- literate sort of storytelling um, but it's sort of matched with um, some really cool samples and great beats um, plus it's got that real 90s hip-hop sort of sound which I reckon still stands up and it's still some of my favorite stuff um I liked it so much I went and bought the vinyl and it says a lot um mm. and it's massively influential album um when you listen to it you can e- immediately hear how it would have influenced people like Kendrick Lamar and so many others around that very literal sort of storytelling and yeah it's about his life and life on the wrong side of the street in and, and some ways in New York and how tough it can be. Um, but yeah, very, very, very clever album. Um, quite enjoyable listen, um, despite its obvious subject matter. And again, I think it's due to some of the um, uh, stories and, and those samples that are sort of, you hear them and you go, oh, I've heard that before, or I've, I've heard that. Um, no doubt Dom can probably do it way better justice than me in terms of a review. But as a surprise from the last few years, um, mm. I put this one on because it's way outside of my comfort zone. I went, yeah, actually, you know what? I really like that. And I'm glad I went and found out and, and did some more on it. Um, I think a lot
3: of those kind of, uh, I think a lot of the R&B, hip hop, all that sort of stuff, I listen to quite a lot of that stuff. And, you know, lyrically i know you're quite a deep lyricist glenn and i think sometimes yeah if this if the lyrics are quite weak or they're not quite there with that genre it's definitely about the groove and you can enjoy a groove as much
1: as a lyric right yeah this matches it up really nicely Mm -hmm. um for me it sort of yeah, I mean, it's it tells stories from the street. It's no different to some of those blues songs that we're just sort of talking about before, that natural progression on. It's just in a different context. Um, um, but yeah, um, a truly amazing sort of debut album to check out. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, from, from that, we're going to take a, a, a big veer to some sort of alternative sort of lo-fi indie pop. Um, with a slice of Range Life by a band called Pavement from their Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain album. Um, And David's going to play Range Life now.
6: That's one thing
1: Um, you c- couldn't have anything further from uh, Nast than probably Range Life. Um, this is Indie Pop, probably at its best—a mix of sort of country and jangly guitars, um, with really biting again. Interest—it's a storytelling thing again, biting, funny lyrics from um, Steve Malcomus, uh, who was the main sort of songwriter and driver of the band um, on a range of subjects like basically on tour with bands like the Pumpkins and Stone Temple Pilots, but basically thinking they were pieces of shit compared to them. And I don't get into <laughs> that stuff that they're talking about. It's rubbish. Um, and I just love the way that a lot of Pavement songs, um, the song almost feels like it's so loose, it's going to fall over and it's about to fall into an outtake at any moment. Um, but there's some natural charm about um, Pavement, which I had tapes and people were playing it a lot at the time, um, but again, one of those things I couldn't afford. And then much later, bought them. But I remember, like when I listened to it, I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, I've heard that so many times back in the day, just through osmosis. Um, yeah, highly recommend. This is probably my favourite album of Pavements. Um, it's sort of gone away a little bit from the really noisy, sort of punky stuff, and to some better stories or better songs and um, highly influential. I reckon it's been imitated so many times but never bettered. So for me, oh, I'm going to give Range Life. I just love that. It's in my top 10 songs of all time. Just that whole slacker vibe and it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Fabulousness. Nice. Yeah, Check out Pavement. I can't talk highly about them. I hope that they do. They're doing a Reunion Tour now, I think, to earn some cash for some of the other, other members in the band. I think some of them, you know, uh, like working as a bartender in um, New York. So, I mean, they didn't make it huge, huge, but, you know, making a living. So I think they're reformed to, I don't know, get a little bit of extra cash for some of the members, which I think is a mm. fairly decent thing, eh? So I'm hoping that they come back down this way. Nice funny nice. that you
3: mentioned the smashing pumpkins album or the name there because i'm just looking on here on google that melancholy and the infinite sadness was 95 the year after oh, oh. and i only just started listening to that about oh, i don't know two years ago maybe and i just never ever gave it a chance at all and everyone got really sick of the pumpkins but maybe it's because i'm older I, man, God, I think that's actually quite a nice album, man. Double album, I think it is.
1: Yeah, and it's a double album in the CD era, so it's like, oh, my God, it's far mm. too long. Um, and, you know, you could cut half of that and it'd still be a decent yeah. double. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's so it's much. It's it's there's a lot CD of CD
4: albums were like 60 minutes, weren't they?
1: Or oh, 80. 80. So I think they album. clapped
3: in one's 80, yeah, 16 yeah, songs. Oh, Lord. Mm yeah I like,
1: know, then, I like that i like that i find it now do you know what i struggle with it. i'll be honest um i've got with the v- shift to vinyl and a lot of people making for vinyl the album has got shorter again and uh, to about 45 minutes which you know what i think is a great length that, that constraint i think cool. actually helps the art yeah. i think it hones it better yeah, not yeah,
3: if yeah. you're in a prog band
0: no, not I a killer Because <laughs> you have to release a lot more triple albums. <laughs>
3: yeah, who gets the worst deal there? It's like costing us a fortune, boys. Holy shit. You'll get two
4: good songs on that album, mate, one on each side. <laughs> Saturday, yeah, I think so. Saturday, it's a Saturday. Yeah. David, it.
1: it's your choice, man.
4: It's my turn. Okay. Hmm. So... Again, I could have gone the whole hip hop thing, but I was struggling to I listened to a lot of that stuff. You ever listen to some of that stuff back in the in in the sort of early nineties? I suppose that's mid nineties, and just cringe. Did any no. of that happen to you? Because
1: uh, it did to me. I, I, I think I no, not really. Um too unlimited. that sort even, of stuff I makes didn't me even cringe. Hear that. I got I didn't get that far. Mm. De La Soul oh. was really good. Did you listen to De La Soul? Yeah. Again. A-
4: they were also no, lit- ni- late late
1: eighties, yeah. early nineties. Again, it goes back to listening, watching these cool music docos. You go, oh wow, okay, yeah. And and when was big the Real song, McCoy
4: a roller skating jam? Oh, named yeah, Saturday? Pop, pop music
1: had it. There, there was, you know, that's to be fair, pop music always has its fair share of, you know, Shoot. things. Look, look, <laughs> look, oh, <laughs> and you look back on and go. Eh, <laughs> eh, eh. I mean, yeah. I didn't quite get what everyone liked about Enigma. Um, you know that band where the guy wailed. Hey, hey,
2: hey, hey, hey. He was that. Enigma. And, and, and is
1: was, yeah,
3: yeah. Enigma's my making love album. If I want to make love to a woman, like really sensual, I bang on Enigma. That's it. They oh, love that.
0: Yeah. Drips and hot monks. Chanting yeah. monks. That's Drips and hot candles. That Victorian kind of monk used to put me in the mood. Oh, God. oh, this is, Nothing, but this a, but is scary a, to
1: visualise. Hey, try it.
3: Try it. Bit of hot wax. It works goes, goes, wonders.
1: Oh, okay, okay, right.
4: We are cutting across <laughs> my album because you guys are...
1: This is a it's, show. it's called The Madness, David. It's called The Madness. <laughs> it It's a family show. Actually, that's why I couldn't... Is it? Do. Is it really?
4: Well, see, I have to click another tab. if I If I wanted to put on my Warren G Regulate album, Hang There's a little on. tab on the podcast that says explicit content click here and pretty yeah, much every pretty every song <laughs> of every song of his has mother um n word
1: oh right yeah yeah
4: <laughs> throughout the whole album i was listening to this non stop in 94 <laughs> oh, oh okay it was a little bit hard to listen to the other day and then ethan started asking me what does that mean <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I love that. Kids, <laughs> damn.
4: got a gangster yeah. rap for a 10-year-old. Anyway, anyway yeah. I've gone for... Ian, you'll love this.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh he's done it. Oh, dirty dog.
4: <laughs> Tori Amos's second studio album, Under the Pink. I'll be back Just in 10 have
1: minutes. Go on it. It does I'll have be corn... right back. It does have Cornflake Girl. Matt.
4: Oh. Wow, no, hey, that looked awesome. That, that know, look Martin? awesome.
3: Martha just, just disappeared into another world. Into his, wow, into his backdrop. That was awesome.
4: I've got that on video. Damn. Okay. Um, Tori Amos. So Damn. have you guys ever heard of the idea that artists um, sometimes put records together in sort of, um, like her first three albums go together. So um, Little Earthquakes under the, Pink and Boys for Palais. Um widely recognize that those three albums um over the span of about four years are a set because they basically tell oh, a story yes, yes, about yes. her yep. about about her her um uh I guess her early style, her early kind of influences. Hey Martin, good to have you back. Hey, you'll like that video. <laughs> I'm in a 94 music <laughs> right video. Groove, groove is in the night <laughs> Yeah. I wish but our listeners like could you see that. You need those that. little pink, uh, <laughs> pink, um, oh, you got no hair. What do you call them? Pigtails.
1: <laughs> um, can you like, can you like edit certain bits of the, like this and put it up on the, on the, on the, on the tube? I can. Oh yeah. You, <laughs> you should do oh, it. So no, then people Facebook. listening
3: are like, what the hell are they on about?
1: Martin has friends. got a backdrop
3: of the Buckingham Palace. No. And- no
0: Cartman. Where is it, Tim?
3: Oh, Big Ben. Big Ben is not
0: in, um, not in Buckingham Palace.
3: No. Nah, so he's down got, down the road. Down oh, the road. he's in London. So this, and he's, it's a great. Down it's the, little, uh,
0: down the, down the manor, mate. Down the
3: manor. <laughs> and he's doing a dance in front of the backdrop,
1: and it looked really, really good. And oh, the well, fact well. that he just walked off as soon as David introduced his album, and like classic timing, is like. Sorry, no, it was
0: postman, I had postman here. You know, they actually deliver mail. Who knew? Um.
4: No, uh, Ian. You gave. Him, yeah, you're better than me, Ian. I didn't realise he was doing a dance. I thought he was having a bit of a heart attack.
0: Yeah, you were. You're correct. Yeah, that's that's see coming back. It's repeating on me a
4: bit. <laughs> okay, right. Tori Amos under the pink.
0: Do you guys know much
4: about this album? Yeah.
0: Leaps. Is this the one yeah. with silent all these years on it?
4: No, that was the first one. Oh, okay. That was Little Earthquakes. This is her follow up. Um, actually, like it does. Yeah. I had no idea that that is about female genitalia mutilation. Do you know that, Ian? Um,
1: no, no, nor did I. Um, that sounds horrible. You know, you didn't, you didn't I, know that. I so thought this it was is, quite a good tune, but now I'm like, Ugh. it is an
4: amazing tune. But uh, it has um, okay. So if we're talking lyricists here, she's she's pretty good. She knows her mm-hmm. stuff. A um, couple of really good tracks on this. So yeah, second studio album. By now, she's obviously. Done fairly well um, out of um, Little Earthquakes, and has a little bit, well, quite a lot more autonomy in the um, on the production side. I mean, it shows she's really bringing through the rock piano, sort of alt piano um, piece, and uh, and and the 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 content builds on from what she was sort of experiencing during Little Earthquakes. Um, Some pretty tough tracks to listen to here. Uh, There's a one called Pass the Mission which is um I don't know if you know Tama she was um sexually assaulted when she was in her early 20s she was raped at 21 by a fan at a at a gig um and it was quite horrific obviously and she wrote writes about it in her first album and in the second follow up album she tells that she goes on and tells sort of the story about from the point of view of sort of not being the victim and uh, and that and uh, but it's a, it's a it's a cool little tune it's got obviously a lot of meaning to it. Um, great little melody, and I'll play a little bit of it now. do the mission um very poignant um i think you'll agree and one of those tunes yeah. that
3: um is very personal
4: part of her songbook um a
3: little bit lighter
4: but not much oh, so deep
3: man that's pretty deep bro She's yeah. pretty
4: deep oh. yeah you gotta be Hell in, yeah. in the totally. right mood yeah she writes a song um i mean her subject matter i mean i started off with some um, cornflake girl and uh doesn't get any more sort of jarring than that. But this this next um, song called "Pretty Good Years," um, it's, oh, it's yeah, it's a good one. Beautiful little song. Mm. Um, in in Little Earthquakes, she writes a song called "Winter," which is uh, I guess one of those mm-hmm. sort of hits, where it's a song about um, uh, from the point of view of the father when he says things like, um, "When you're going to make up your mind? When you're going to love you as much as I do?" She writes that in, in Little Earthquakes. This is the follow-up song to that from the point of view of the girlfriend trying to help the boyfriend who's going through some really tough time, right? And she's basically singing to her boyfriend, what's it going to take till my baby's all right? There's no self-pity in the song. It's, it's, it's a tragedy, but she's trying, to, she's trying to you know help him to love himself, but she's finding that she can't. So it's kind of the, the, the inverse of um, Winter is on uh, Little Earthquakes really clever um, lyric writing and uh, and, uh, and another neat little tune, Pretty Good Year. Um, I'll chuck a little bit of it up now.
2: Tears on the sleeve of a man Don't want to be a boy today eternal footman bought himself a bike to race and Greg he writes letters and burns his CDs they say you are something in those formative years will hold on to nothing as fast as you can
4: Quite as easy an album to sort of get your head around. I know Ian, you did, uh, you did the Little Earthquakes one, I think, when we did mm-hmm. each other's albums. Um, that was, I think, the melodies and the um, the structure of those songs. They're shorter, they're more catchy, more hooks in them. This is a harder listen, but certainly a lot deeper. And then you get to the ne- the third album, and I was talking about sort of she's she's put these sort of three albums out as a set over about four years. Tell us tells a story of early part of her career. Boys for Palais, which is the third album studio album. Um, again is is deeper and darker, um, and and even less sort of commercial and catchy, but uh, you know, it rounds it off really nicely. So um, this is the middle one, Under the Pink by Tori Amos, came out in '94. Um Check it out if you like stuff that's deep and meaningful. If you're wanting to have a party and boogie on down, this ain't the album for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That it's funny because you know you you say it's it's probably a less commercial album than the, the first one, but I think in terms of some of the hooks that she comes up with on that, in terms of piano playing stuff, I hear a lot of Elton on that album. I hear a lot Not of yeah. Yeah, Yo. did you, you say album? Kind of, yeah, oh, yeah, that kind of uh, tumbleweed connection, kind of period, that yeah, of early album kind of period. It's it's on that album. I hear it a lot on the album.
1: I agree with you. She's there's
4: these reggae influences. It's it is uh, it, commercially it actually sold better, sold more. But that was probably because she had a name. She had she had a name. She, she was well known by this stage, and people were interested to see. What she'd follow up with Little Earthquakes is considered to be um, her sort of masterpiece. Um, this is also very good. Sold more records. This is a double LP. This one I've got here. I think it's because it's one of those half-speed jobs. Yeah, mm. Half-speed pressings. But in pink vinyl too, fellas. Pink vinyl. It's called mm. Under the Pink.
1: I've, mm. I've, yeah. Well, I've got something that's a little bit different and that's got a funky groove to it. Um, which, would be, which would be pretty cool to put on what's that it's called closer um and that's by nine inch nails um from an album called the downward spiral um and ah. this was the lead single off it, and it's as yeah. funky as um with a bizarre sort of mix of sort of uh, electronic and metal and it's all meticulously constructed um by um, the driver of that band or Basically, the one person Trent Bresner, yeah, he was on genius.
4: He's on under the pink.
1: Ah, is he now?
4: He's um, he's on that track I just played, "Past the Mission." Mm. He's the backing vocals, and she got him in there because he's a hard ass. He is right. So she she's like because that that's the track about um her experience recovering from from sexual abuse, and she wanted a guy on the album to represent um that that was. That was going to help with the healing part of it and it's really deep in that but she she, and, and, and they're good friends those two and she's like she got trent to come on and he because he's got that reputation of being you know really rough and you know hard and that sort of thing that she
2: well, come on
1: there. yes and no yes yeah mm. exactly and he was de- battling with his own particular demons at the time and you know mm. let's be fair um the downward spiral is hardly what I would call a happy listen. Um, it's certainly an unsettling listen mm. at times. Um, but did that for come me, out,
4: did that come out in '94? Yeah, it did.
1: I found did out about yeah. it a little bit later through one yeah. of those um, CD compilations that we had in New Zealand called The Trip, um, and it was sort of an alternative sort of, you know, um, this now that's what I call music type music collection. Um, and um, it had Closer on it and Closer is just a really you know, interesting, fun song, it's got probably quite a lewd chorus, but um, it was nothing like I'd heard before um, and it's sort of mixing a whole of those instruments together Um, and you know, in hindsight now um, after listening to it, at, at times it's quite whiny and poor me I mean it does follow a person it's a concept album about a person's destructive journey to the end but along the way it's actually quite a thrilling exciting ride um, when you're listening to it as well um, and close is you know put it this way you could dance to the song it's that funky I reckon it's awesome is it it's one closer. of those songs
4: that you can dance to but you don't want to listen to the words too clearly
1: <laughs> oh it's definitely there it's pretty obvious but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is um, <laughs> But what a groove! it's fabulous it's awesome Um Martin, have you heard this album? Being that sort of I'm sure at some
0: point it was forced upon me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you yeah, of...
0: kind of escape like nine inch nails and pearl jam and all the rest of it at the time. Kind it was well, my not... bag at the time. It's not really my bag now, but um yeah, yeah nine
1: inch nails I can appreciate like nothing... it. I can it appreciate like nothing... it. It was like nothing else I'd heard. Um and it's still in some ways, isn't it? Sort of it wasn't electronica like duff duff dance, but it was there. There were samples in it. There was metal and just all these different sort of things in there. And he's actually him and uh, um, his um, writing partner have gone on to do film soundtracks now. Um, cool. yeah. yeah. And I think they won an Academy award for the one for the social network for about Facebook. So Trent's, uh, he's a bit of a brain box, one of those musical mm-hmm. genius type people. Um probably needs to collaborate a little bit more because that's, I think, when the best results come out. But as a study piece of, um, yeah, you know, that concept album type thing, it, it's it, the, it, the downward spiral is pretty choice. The remixes off the album are really fun as well. Um, yeah, I've seen Nine Inch Nails live and I highly recommend it was like a sonic and visual assault on the senses. Um, it was just, I walked away from it going, what the hell was that? That was just, it was so freaking intense, but clean, clear, and just, man, it was most, most impressive. That sounds but like anyway. the
4: first half of that statement, Glenn, sounds like me listening to Warren G the other night. What That's the hell the is, song. what the hell is that? All those new <laughs> oh. words, on, those words I had not yeah. heard for many years. Yeah. Those are bad words that you shouldn't hear too often.
1: Mm, but closer, closer is a great <laughs> dance song. It's just catchy, hockey, and it got me into it. Yeah, yep.
4: cool. Mm. Well, thank you, Glenn, for that uplifting review after following my depressing rant. <laughs>
1: Damn. Only so, uh, four guys, so we could go. We could go out with high hopes from the Division Big... Bell, which I, which I think okay,
4: so I do. I do want to ask the question since we have got a bit of time: Is Division Bell prog
1: Is Pink Floyd prog, is the question, and um, I don't think it is. It's got elements of prog to it, Mm -hmm. but it's not prog. They're not good enough musicians to be prog. (laughs) Well, they're not. It's their constraints. Yes, they are good, let's be fair, they're really good, but it's the constraints that made Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd. I
0: think it's the whole thing about, you know, having a concept if you if you do an album with a concept in it you, you're kind of automatically <laughs> what is a pro band, but it's it's not always the case um no i wouldn't i i i'd call them a kind of bluesy rock band
1: i agree yeah
3: well prog, so good, good what prog what does prog mean <laughs> it means progressive right yeah. so prog rock progressive rock so where are they progress what are they progressing to i mean that could go in all directions couldn't it
0: really every band evolves every band changes i
1: I think you know um let's be fair pink floyd were an indie band they got lucky
2: Uh, i
0: I say that every band evolves but i was i saw a brilliant quote yesterday from angus young from acdc and he said um someone someone recently said that we've we've released uh the same album 11 times and says i object to that we've released it 12
3: times <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they're not so progressive um oh. yeah. <laughs> but, but they I, still I, kick some serious ass we've never so, had
4: okay. we've never had one of their albums on our show have we
0: well let's do 1980 uh, and i'll not yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You
1: for right yeah. year. be there absolutely um 94 had some good
3: rock stuff. They had Megadeth had a good album out, Euthanasia. That was a cool album. Um,
1: There was a whole lot of punky stuff that I know my my mate Shane likes, which is bands like No Effects and Rancid and stuff like that. And had classic albums from that time. And he had a whole bunch of hip hop that was quite big. Um, Yeah, it was a really. You had the start of um, uh, that whole. Brit Pop coming to be, and I know that, uh,
3: yeah, we had Second Coming by um, uh, Stone Roses, that was a cool album.
1: Pulp. Was that? Yeah, Paul Hits and Hers, which it's got some amazingly cool songs on.
0: Guys, I hate to say it, but I'm gonna to have to jump off here. Um, I've got quite a busy day today. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm so sorry to hold you up.
0: I hate to say it, um, um but, um Hey, look! It, it's been fun. It's been cool. Um, I won't be around for next week's one because I'll be hopefully on a plane on my way back to New Zealand. So Yay. I will see you guys in two weeks. You take care.
4: That's safe awesome. travels.
1: Yeah. If you mm. see David at um, the Astoria, just say hi. Yeah. Ask him. Do.
5: Ask him if it uh, needs to, a rhythm. Tell him, tell him, yeah.
1: yeah. Tell him to check out the podcast and yeah. my review of his show. G um... wants
0: to get in touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's right. Um, and I'm well famous You'll on for one afternoon
0: uh
3: it's <laughs> nice to see it. it's nice to see you martin and uh, we're glad you're having a good time over there, man.
1: Catch you on the flip side guys take
0: care all
3: right
4: see, see you, you, you right. I do hope he finds that keyboard from Snap and brings it back
1: I think that that's the opener for the show isn't it that's i hope like, you I hope he, he likes
3: Dave Gilmore.
4: It's like Eric Clapton's oh my God. Blackie. Or was um... Dave Gilmore uh, still in 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 uh, London? In
3: Pink Floyd, yeah.
4: No, is he still in London? Oh. <laughs> no he Pink lives, in, he oh.
1: lives in the UK. Yeah. What does
3: does he? I thought he'd live yeah. in Los Angeles or somewhere. No, hell no. Definitely not his style. So somewhere no, tax isn't. evading. Some tax um, evading. No, no, no he's
1: left in the UK for well forever. That. And then holidays to the Greek islands I mean how hard is that are eh? you? Hey, that's where they all go yeah, he's just retired he's just retired basically, yeah. which is fair call eh?
3: I just really annoyed with Google because I was I was trying to look for some heavy metal albums in 1994 and you know what was on there Wow Crossroads by Bond
1: Bloody Jovi. That's not heavy metal.
3: No, that's not heavy metal.
1: But we all talk about what is heavy.
3: Well, Bon Jovi's not. No, definitely not.
1: <laughs> definitely not. You, you, put on, you put on super unknown and, and uh, there ain't no Bon Jovi.
4: No. Nah.
1: <laughs> yeah, what a cool year. Thank you, David, for hosting.
4: Good year, mate. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next week.